Her and her husband, Chris, she's got two kids, Maddox and uh, Riley. Uh, Maddox preached Easter. Y'all remember? I apologize to her for letting her 10-year-old preach before she did. She's the one with the doctorate, you know. She's the doctor. Uh, she received her doctorate in medicine from Loma Linda University School of Medicine in Southern California. And she and her family have relocated here, and they're part of our, part of our church. And she practiced psychiatry at a local hospital here in town. Now, I'm just going to ask her questions. Uh, and if I run out, Chris has said he's got a, a boatload of questions that he can ask her in front of the church. <laughs> he's, he's ready to go over here. Um, so let's just start right there. Sure. Let's start with, you know, this compartmentalization that we do. You know, the you know the spirit we do, and then the, you know, the body we do over here. And you talked to me about that a great deal. Let's sure, talk about that. sure. So you know, I think it's important for us to remember that we are made first in the image of God. And we are then a unity of both physical and non-physical parts. And so, you know, we do have, you know, physical body, our flesh. We have the mental capacities. We have uh, spiritual capacities. And then there's also this relational aspect that encompasses all of it. And I think... Um, I think that there's a tendency for us to kind of focus on, well, if I'm having, you know, a physical problem, well, then I'm just going to deal with this physical thing. And then if I'm having a mental anxiety, depression, well, then I just, I just need to focus on just that. Or we need to, we're looking for like a spirit, just a spiritual answer. And I think that when we talk about illness, when we talk about disease, when we talk about health, we need to be thinking about it on all levels. We need to be thinking about our spiritual health, our mental health, our physical health, and our relational health. And so I, I think that when God created us in his image, he's thinking about all those things. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not, he, he, he's, um, matter of fact, uh, James uh, chapter uh, 5, when it says, when it says, you know, bring, bring the sick to the elders, anoint them with oil, pray for them, and they'll be healed. You know, it's it's more about soulish. It's, it, it is that that word, that Greek word, is really referencing more than physical, including physical, but 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 a lot soulish. My mind, you know, mind and emotion, that you'll be that you'll be healed. Now, here's here's what I, here's what I see as a pastor, and she's gonna she's gonna address this more uh, from the science part. Is is what I see people do, is is for, you know that 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 scientific um, uh, law that says for every now I got to get this right for every for every action there is a equal and opposite. Yeah, God, you guys are amazing. Now we act like that doesn't happen in the spiritual, but it does. You know, it, it's the reason that we walk into everything. It's the reason we. I say, you hear me say all the time, pray that in. You know, when you believe, JP, and you sit in that chair, it, it actually requires action. You have, to, you have to do that. You have to apply the word. So, so why is it that believers think that they can live a life that, that, that they're sowing seed 
of worldliness and, and get a return of kingdom. And, and it's, it's, it's not possible. So, so in that relationship, in a spiritual relationship, there are things you have to do to actually get a result. You, does that make sense? You have to sow the seed of the kingdom to get kingdom results. And you see that all the time in mental health. Is that, is that right? Yes. You, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um, well, I think, you know, I think that the, the, they're all, all these parts are so inextricably linked. So, you know, science just continues to show us how our, our mental processes and the way that we think about things has direct effects on our body and uh, directly affects our susceptibility to other diseases and other illnesses. And then there's also, it works in the reverse as well. So our physical health directly is affecting our mental health. And w because our, our mental health has, you know, s this uh, ethereal part to it where we have, you know, our ability to have the will and, and um, and, and experience things on a spiritual level, I think any time that you involve the mental capacities, it's going to affect the spiritual. And so, you know, in, in psychiatry, we're trained in a, in a bio-psycho-socio-spiritual -soci model where we're encompassing every aspect of a person's being. And so when we are diagnosing, we're looking at every level of that. And so when we talk about healing, we talk about treatments, we are encompassing every single level and so when people come to me and they're like well dr schindler can't you just you know i'm, I'm really suffering and i can't take it anymore and I, I just just give me you know give me a pill that's gonna fix this or or tell me exactly what to do and they're looking for that you know that easy button and i wish that it was there but it's not because that's just not the way that we're made and so, you know, we really need to be thinking about healing at every single level. And so it is a matter of incorporating many different disciplines and having um, not only people that you're going to talk to about it, have, have therapists, people who are trained to help you change your, the way that you're thinking, um, change your thought patterns, but then to also have, you know, your physician that's going to be helping you with your physical body because these mental diseases actually have structural changes in your brain and those are affecting your body. So you need to be thinking about who's going to be walking with me with that. Then you need to be with your pastor. You need to be with your church family. In your, in your Thrive groups, you need to be with your community and working on how are you spiritually addressing your problems and then all of that is going to benefit your relationships. And so I think, you know, your family comes into play there, your church family, your friends. And so I think, you know, people are always looking just for this quick little fix. Right. And we really need to be um, encouraging people to look at it much more broadly. Right. You know, one of the things that I discovered when, when I started you know, studying this a little bit. Now, I, when I emphasize that, I want to emphasize a little bit, you know. But, you know, th it's amazing to me. See, I believe that when we lay hands on and pray for people, that we can actually change the biochemical makeup of the brain. 
in that moment of faith, in that lining up with the Word of God, we can, I think we could get things aligned in the brain where it actually begins to bring healing to the physical body. And sometimes we, 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 we separate those two. We just, we're just looking for God to, 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 you know, we're looking for God to, uh, you know, just do it now, right now. Give me the pill. God, can you just come do it now? You know, it's, it's kind of like this. I mean, and we don't look at this when we think about the brain and we think about healing the physical body and all the things that come with it and how much the Word says. The Word says this. He says, take the Word, of, put it on the forefront of your mind. And one of the things we understand about the, and she's going to talk about this in a minute, is the, the forefront of your mind is actually your decision-making processes. It's how you come about making decisions, how you set up systematic approaches in your life. All of it's done in the forefront of your mind. And, and they used to wear this little box on the for, forefront of their minds. That's not what God was saying at all. God's saying, hey, I've, I've gave you the key. It's, it's, your, it's your brain. And your brain, your brain is going to tell your body what to produce. So it can tell your body to produce any kind of hormone it wants to tell it, and it can tell it the right hormone or the wrong hormone, and we see that. You can actually change the neurological pathways of the brain as you're doing that, taking a different, you know, whatever the brain's telling it to produce, and I might be getting the, uh, the language wrong, but the, the, the thing that I want you to hear me say, and she's going to talk about this a little bit more to straighten out my theology, um, <laughs> is that it all makes a difference. You see, it's, it's like a diabetic. You know, a diabetic can't say, Doc, just, just give me an insulin shot, but I'm going to Krispy Kreme hot now this afternoon and give me a dozen of them rascals. And, sh and, sh and, 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 you know, but we do it. We do that kind of stuff. And, and what you, you, you can't change the fact that you've got diabetes and keep doing those kinds of things. You actually have to change your physical behavior. And as you change your diet and as you do all those things, you can get the Word of God. You can begin to pray healing and health, and your brain can align along with, you know, spiritually aligning with the Word of God, that God is the healer. He's all those things along with what you're putting in your mouth actually can, can get your brain producing the right thing. And that happens as well with depression and anxiety. You know, when we think about depression and anxiety, we think somehow it's labeled, and I'm going to shut up here in a minute, and she's going to talk a lot here in just a second because I'm setting her up. That's what I'm doing. But we get shameful when it comes to mental health. But you've got the same kind of of chemical imbalances in the brain as you do maybe with diabetes or high blood pressure or or, or, or pancreatic issue or a liver thing or a, high, a thyroid thing or whatever. What you laughing at, Vulo? It all goes together. And we, and we can't just, this is what I see Christians do. In the name of Jesus, at the cross. Can, can you hand me a Krispy Kreme? At the cross. Give me one another one. You can't do that. You can't do that. You're not going to get healed. God has given you grace. He's given you power to overcome. Engage your body to do the right thing. And, and it actually has a chance to transform your mind and produce the right chemical. 
Now straighten out my theology <laughs> and my passion. Well, what I hear you saying, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. Is that you're talking about this process of renewing the mind. Yes. Okay? And I think this is a really important thing for us as believers because yes. it tells us in Scripture, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, and do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we know that in Scripture that this is possible. Um, Paul goes on in Colossians and he talks about how, you know, we do this by setting our minds on things above and not on things on earth. And so I think he's, he tells us in this moment-by-moment moment process of sober introspection and really looking at ourselves and what are we focusing on. Are we focusing on things above? Are we setting our minds on things above? Or are we focusing on sin? Are we focusing on ourself? And so I think that... Um, when we, when we take this comprehensive approach that you're talking about as far as, you know, not just, you know, saying, um, you know, focusing so much on the healing rather than the process that God is bringing us through, I think that um, that's, that's kind of what you're talking about is that there is healing in the process. Absolutely. So there's, you know, when we talk about the, the physical, okay, so perhaps it is like a biological medication intervention, but perhaps it's also something as simple as daily exercise because we are made to be active. Um, perhaps it's the food that we're eating. Perhaps it's our sleep. Perhaps it's these very basic physical things. Perhaps um, when we talk about the mental, perhaps it is therapy and it's the way that we're thinking and it's, you know, finding those negative false beliefs that did not come from the word, identifying them and then learning how we can change it to focus on something that's true. Um, perhaps it's meditating. You talked about meditating on the word. And you talked about how, um, you know, it's this process of, 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 you know, we read the word, we write the word, we say the word. And I think the idea of meditating on the word, it's really like we're, we're chewing on it. We're moving our mouth. We're saying it. We're moaning it. We're singing it. We're, it just becomes a part of who we are. And so, you know, then with spiritual aspects, worship, prayer time with God, um, you know, I think that this, you know, this comprehensive healing process is just so important, and I think, you know, when I, when I go on and I read more about, you know, what Paul has to say about this, because he talks a lot about, a lot about, you know, this process of renewing our minds and what that looks like and how to do that, I think one of the most powerful things to me is, you know, seeing Paul's only own experience of illness. And he, he actually talks about it. He, he talks about that he had, um, a, a, you know, he calls it like a thorn in his flesh from Satan. And he, he talks about how he prayed repeatedly for God to take it from him. He prayed for healing. He was doing just what you're saying. He's like, where's my healing? And, and for whatever reason, God gave him a different answer. He gave him a different answer. He says in 2 Corinthians, in, in chapter 12, he says, 
that the Lord said to him instead, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness, in the weakness. Not when I take it away, not when I make it less tolerable for you, but in it. He leaves it and he says it's perfect. Therefore, most gladly, Paul says, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities. That tells me maybe he had more than one. Um, for in, in my distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And I think so often we focus on this, this illness or this, this, um, this disease that we're, we're struggling in and we're just praying for God to take it. And by all means, sometimes he does just take it. But for when the times that he doesn't, what is the process that he's walking me through? What does he want me to step into? How do I walk through this in a way that brings me victory? Because this is the process that Paul is talking about. This is the process that he's talking about, that, that Christ's strength is made perfect in him because of the weakness. And so for that reason, I think we can boast about it. We can talk about it. And with mental illness, there's so much shame. There's so much shame. There's so much stigma when it comes to mental illness. And it's, it's so strange to me because so many people suffer from it. it. One in four will struggle with a clinically significant mental illness in their lifetime that they need treatment for. It affects, in that case, Literally every single person in this room has either had something that they struggled with or they've had a family member or a close friend. It affects every single person. Every one of you has a story. Talk and so, more, yeah. well, I think in that, in that case, you know, I think the shame is something that literally has been since Bible times. So, I mean, when we read about mental illness in the, in the Bible, they use terms like mad madness, madman, maniac. They tell Jesus, you're out of your mind. There's shame in the Bible, and we've carried that forward, too, in our society. It's still there. And so, unfortunately, that prevents people from seeking the help that is available. We have excellent treatments, safe, effective treatments that are just as effective as any other chronic disease management, but we don't go get it because we're so afraid to even say the word to talk about it. But Alex, people are 40% more likely to talk to their pastor or their spiritual mentor about their struggle than they are to even come to a doctor. And I think that is an excellent opportunity for the church to make a huge difference, not only in our church community, but in our community at large. And I think this is a place, the church is a place where people can come and find healing because we can help them and walk through this and address many aspects of what they're suffering from and help connect them with the mental health community so that they are getting better. And, and I think that is, is a huge opportunity for us. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we know that the same rates of mental illness exist across all socio-demographic lines, 
the same rates of mental illness unfortunately exist regardless of faith or spiritual tradition. And I think that we could do a better job of that. I think we could do a better job of helping each other and being honest and talking about it and not allowing the shame and the fear to keep us from speaking the truth. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I want you to hear all this, too, is, is because it's not like that you don't get healed. I mean, in other words, you mean you actually have people that get the, healed in your practice. The healing comes. <laughs> people get better. Yes. It's true. Yeah. Yes. That's so true. Um, and so I think, I think that a lot of times people think that they just need to suffer and silence and they isolate and they just like wall off this little private part of their life and they don't tell very many people about it and they just suffer. And this is why it goes on for years before they finally get help, before they're at a breaking point. I mean, this is why suicide rates in our nation continue to climb every year. It's like the 10th leading cause of death overall. Like 1.4 million people attempted suicide last year. 47,000 people died. It is one of the leading causes of death when we're talking about adolescents. And all this is, all this is, when you're talking about this, what I'm hearing you say is this is relationship. This yes. is this is done. This is what the church is supposed to be doing: is coming alongside yeah. and, and just and, and getting the brain to produce the right thing. Talk mm -hmm. just a minute. When you you, you see generational mm -hmm. sin in, in the Bible all the time, and one of the things that that we think about that is we think about you know, powers and principalities in heavenly places when it comes to generational sin. But I I have a tendency to believe, and I think we're proving it now, I'm just going to talk about it here in just a second, that, that your neurological pathways were given to you by your father and mother, which was given to them by their father and mother, which was given to them by their father and mother. In other words, when you reproduce, your kids get the same neurological pathways as you're using. That's scary, isn't it? So your kids are your fault. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Well, you're right, though, Alex. I think <laughs> she's bailing me out again. <laughs> I think you know from what we know is that at some level there is a genetic component that plays a role. We know this now. We know that it's from multiple genes. There's no, you can't just go get, you know, a genetic test and it's going to tell you this one gene and then you can just zap that gene. It's not going to go on to your kids. It doesn't work that way. There's many different genes that are involved. And when we're talking about mental illness in particular, um, there's, you know, somewhere between 20 to 40 percent of the, the risk for developing a mental illness is because of the genes that you inherited. Now, something makes those genes turn on, and that's usually environmental exposures um, and other sorts of experiences that a person has in their life. So not everybody that's genetically predisposed to develop an, an illness will. It just depends on other factors in your life. Right. So you're absolutely right. Which, which, I, which I love the idea that you just said. She just said it, it's brought about by atmospheric condition. So you could change the atmosphere of your home. 
you can bring the Word of God into it mm-hmm. and just totally clean it out. I yeah. mean, and, and that, see, what I love about this stuff is it actually changes the way your brain is operating when that happens. Doesn't that just make sense? And that just, to me, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, and I think one of the best examples of that very thing is the, the idea of addiction. So I don't, I don't yeah. know if you're okay, but yeah, I would like to go. talk about addiction. Yeah, let's do it. So I think, you know, we, it, with the um, framework in mind that we've already talked about, about having, you know, our mental, our physical, our spiritual, and our, our relational aspects, we have to remember that we, we live in a world with that is unfortunately affected by sin, right? You know, the ruler of this world is Satan. We know that. So it affects it affects us, right? It's this constant front that we're facing. And so the ultimate goal of Satan, of course, is to distract and divert our attention away from the relationship that God has for us in Christ. And that is the attack. And addiction in my opinion, in the way that I under have learned and understand it and the, and the, the way that, you know, neuroscience has discovered uh, the way that it works in the brain is a very, very um, easy target for the devil to distract our attention. And so we have this beautiful pathway in our brains that is a reward pathway. And it allows us to be creative, to design to be curious, to learn, to make memories. We're created in the image of God. He wants us to do these wonderful things, and he wants us to enjoy it and find joy and pleasure in it. So this beautiful pathway in our brains that incorporates many different structures in the brain, and they use you know, the neurons, the cells in your brain that, that make up the brain, and the way they communicate with each other uses a neurotransmitter called dopamine. And so this reward pathway that fires for natural rewards like beautiful sunsets in nature, relationships with others, healthy food, um, you know, doing things that we love, this reward pathway that makes us want to continue to do these wonderful things that God has planned for us, it fires to these rewards. But what happens when we Um, use some sort of false reward that Satan has offered to us, like drugs or alcohol or whatever that substance is, it causes that that neuronal firing to be even more uh, stronger, strengthened. It's so powerful and it fires so strong that it causes the neurons within that pathway to actually change their shape so that they can be more efficient in firing. And as it does that, it decreases the neuronal firing to the natural rewards. So that distraction now creates a diversion, and it starts diverting that normal pathway that that got designed in our brains. The other thing that it does is that it decreases the neuronal firing to the frontal cortical areas of our brain that allow us to make decisions, that allows us to process information, compute error, um, to follow through on decisions that we've made. This is the will, that the function of the will in that frontal lobe. 
and it bypasses that as well. So now we are no longer enjoying the things that God had planned for us. We are no longer able to make good decisions, which is what makes us so uh, uniquely human. And it changes the structure of our emotional processing areas of our brain and the amygdala that now make us reactive to little tiny stressors in life that we normally wouldn't. So now, not only are we unable to enjoy things and unable to think about them clearly, but we are also um, very, very distressed and uncomfortable and miserable in our addiction. And the only thing we can think about is drug, 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 because that is what our brain is telling us. Or pornography. Right. So yeah. that's, there's something that uh, we're learning now about other addictions. So these behavioral addictions, um, we're learning that there's very strong associations between the way that our brains respond to drugs and alcohol. Um, these same pathways are involved when we talk about other addictive disorders. And Alex, I think um, as I was working on this and praying about it, I think that I need to read them. Okay. Um, so some other things that I think that the devil's distracting us with that is really affecting our, our brain pathways, uh, things like pornography, gambling, food, internet, television, shopping, gaming, sex, self-image, social media, smoking. Basically anything that's gonna be distracting our attention away from God and toward the self, and towards sin is going to divert those pathways in your brain that God put there for a good reason for us to want to know more about him and for us to want to enjoy what he has purposed and planned for our lives. It's now completely off track and now we're focused on something that he never had planned in the first place. Wow. Wow. But there's, there's good news, Alex. There's good news. <laughs> First John 4, 4. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. First Corinthians 10, 13. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape, that you will be able to bear it, to endure it. God designed these pathways, and they heal they heal when we redirect our attention toward what he planned for us. We have excellent, effective treatments to help you overcome addiction so that these pathways can be restored. His plan of redemption goes even to the neuronal level, and that is great news. And we can walk alongside each other when we are struggling with addiction and we can find healing. Yeah, I'm, I just, um, <coughs> you know, when you, uh, when you think about what the Word of God says and you tie it to all of this, you just go, wow, he's, 
he's he's bigger than I thought. Or or at least he's bigger than I act like he is. You know? I'm just reminded when he says, he says, this word of mine, this truth, this this way of doing that I'm I'm laying before you today, make sure you put it on the part of your brain that that actually makes decisions. On the front of your brain. The one who who you know plans things out, the creative aspect, the the one the, the put put them on the place that I want you to get joy, that I want you to understand me. Put them put them there. And as you do them, just meditate on them. Day and night. And, and make sure that you do all that they say. And you will make your way prosperous. Mm-hmm. Father, help us today. Help us today. Father, we've heard truth. We, we've seen where you're the creator God. We've, we, 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 we're not scared of science. We thank you for science, God. I thank you. I thank you for April, Dr. Schindler, God. I thank you for, for people who are in this field. Father, I just pray against any stigmatism that, that treats mental health or, or a chemical imbalance in the brain differently than a chemical imbalance uh, in, the, uh, in the, you know, the pituitary gland or whatever, any gland. Yeah, see, you can see all my science coming out, Lord. <laughs> Lord, whatever makes cholesterol high, you know, come on. Well, we we get it all we get it all messed up, and you know you you don't expect us to be Dr. April Schindler. You just expect us to sit in a chair. You expect us to respond. You expect us to act. You expect us to move. You expect us to trust you. So, Father, we know that you're redeeming. You are the redeemer. You're redeeming it all. Body, soul, and spirit. You're the healer. You're the great physician. And it's it's healed in relationship with each other, the church, and it's healed in relationship with you. It's healed by obedience to your word. Why don't you lay hands on somebody in front of you, just around you? Just put your hands on. Father, I thank you for health. Say that with me. Father, I thank you for health. Mind, soul, and body. I pray, God, that we quit compartmentalizing. Recognizing, Lord, that you're redeeming it all. You're healing it all. Your grace is sufficient. No more shame. Uh, let's say that again. No more shame. shame. Truth in life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said?
Amen. Amen. Let's give.